I'm Kyle Mylan, and after 20 years in manufacturing, nobody knows more than me about industrial marketing and technical sales. Let's look at your weekly routine. Now, if you just started at a new company, your focus would be slightly different. Um, but if you've already, you're already with a company, you already have progress, you already have things in the pipeline, then this is really the weekly routine that that you should be focusing on and following. Um, Cause I know that I've been in that situation before where I get to Friday and I'm like, dude, what did I even do this week? Or I, I forgot to do these things or I had them on my list and I just lost my focus. You know, my attention got pulled in 57 different directions, whether it was from existing customers, potential deals, prospects, things like that. And so how I want to break it down is into mainly three categories. So the, the first one's going to be 25% of your time should be focused on the current deals. So working your current deals. So what does that mean? That means you've you've done the effort of, of prospecting and hunting and you've got a new opportunity that's come in. And far too often people get bogged down with all of the details behind that and they they spend invest all their time into it. I know some of you may, may be sitting there thinking like, but dude, if it's a huge deal, if it's a multi-million dollar deal and it's significant to my business, then I should invest all of my time into it. And I would still say, no, you should not. So 25% of your time should be focused on working deals. The, the part that typically bogs down a technical sales engineer and anybody as a sales engineer is that you don't have the support team in place to assist you with whatever it is that deal that you're trying to work. So in a lot of cases, you've got uh, project salespeople or sales, you know, estimating people or things like that. Um, you should you should be able to work 25% of your week, so roughly 10 hours of your week, working existing deals. And if you don't have enough deals to to use it for 10 hours, then you can take that balance and put it into the other two areas. But working those deals, gathering information, getting ma making sure that you have enough of the information from the potential customer in order for you to provide an accurate quote or an accurate proposal, and then working with your internal team if they're the ones that are going to be doing the actual estimating, creating the quote, creating the proposal, working with them to make sure that everything that you want it to, to show in that proposal is being shown and that all the information is accurate. But it's an area that people focus on, like they get they get an opportunity and they just want to work that deal through. And before you know it, it's been two days, three days, four days, or a week, and that's all you've been focusing on. And meanwhile, the rest of the market, the rest of the opportunities, the rest of the people out there you're trying to sell to, they they keep moving, right? Like the world doesn't stop once you get an opportunity. So just because you're working on one single deal doesn't mean that you're not missing 15 other deals. So you really have to break this down 25% of your time working on deals. The next area is going to be 25% of your time needs to be focused on the follow-up. And the follow-up is what sets the difference between those that succeed uh, drastically and those that, that don't. Um, there's tons of statistics and data out there that shows that, that people are not um, people are not following up enough, you know, whether it's 80% of salespeople, 60% of salespeople, it depends on where you get the source from, but deals happen in multiple contact follow-ups. It's not just one time you speak to somebody. The follow-up is one of the most important aspects to closing a deal. So after you've, after you've quoted it and you've sent it, now it's time to follow up. Now's the time where you got to roll up the sleeves and actually do the work to get the attention back, especially when you're competing with other people. Now, the areas that you should be following up, it should not be just one singular area. You have to look at the main areas of follow-up, which is going to be email, phone, social media, personal visit, uh, possibly snail mail. 
um, sending a postcard, sending a letter, something like that if you're not getting a response. So let's break those down. Email. Email marketing as, as a whole and just going after people cold is less effective than it was 10 years ago. But if you've already talked to somebody, if you've already engaged with them, they sent you, they asked you to send a quote, you sent the quote, following up on that quote or that that proposal is perfectly, you know, natural to do through email. And a lot of salespeople get so busy that they just want to send out emails and they just want to do it the fastest way possible and not actually put in the effort. But the way that I always say it is if you send an email, then you should also pick up the phone and call them and vice versa. So if the phone call is your second way of following up with them, if you call them and leave a voicemail, then right after you're done leaving the voicemail, you go to your email, you send them an email and you say, hey, just want to let you know I left you a voicemail on your desk phone or on your cell phone, whatever it is, just following up through here if this is a fast way to get a hold of you on that proposal. But you have to follow up in multiple methods. A lot of people are just focusing on one. The next area is going to be getting into cold visit, um, personal visits, things like that. It, you may think that it seems a little bit weird or maybe you can't physically see them because they're international or they're in a different state and you're not going to travel all the way there just to do a cold visit. I completely understand that. You have to use these tactics, obviously, that work with your specific situation. But being able to physically stop by is a great way to get some FaceTime with them and get a response if they're not responding to the other methods. But then LinkedIn. LinkedIn is is typically the fastest way to get a hold of somebody because again, like in all of our other episodes, we talk about the noise in the market and the noise to try and grab somebody's attention. So if you know for a fact that that they're getting lots of emails, lots of phone calls, they're busy, they're in the office, out of the office, they're traveling, they've got internal meetings, all that stuff going on, and you send them an email and it gets lost in the shuffle, or you leave them a voicemail and they never check their voicemail because 80% of the time you're going to leave a voicemail. And that's just uh, me throwing a number at the board. That's from actual data that we've uh, gotten over the last few years of when we used to do cold, cold calls for people. So that is all going to get lost. And then LinkedIn, a lot of times the people that you're going after aren't aren't getting bombarded as much on LinkedIn. They're not active as much on LinkedIn, but they're also not getting bombarded. With the social media aspect, you know, when you first talk to somebody, it's hard for you to follow up with somebody if you've never even connected with them, right? So when you're first talking with somebody, you've got this opportunity. One of the steps you should do is send a connection request on LinkedIn. Let them know, hey, I just sent you a connection request on LinkedIn. So that way you can use that to your advantage in the follow-up method. So then the last one's going to be from a snail mail standpoint. You can send them things that are just reminding them about you in the mail. If you're not getting a response from them, it's been a few weeks, things like that. Having a postcard ready to be able to just say, you know, hey, here's some good value information or, hey, you know, don't forget about us type of thing. That still is valuable. You have to figure out what is the, the fastest way or the easiest way to get a hold of somebody. But the follow up is what sets the difference between those that are good and those that are great. And you have to invest 25 percent of your week. So 10 hours a week, again, is, sent, is spent on following up. Now, it doesn't have to literally be 10 hours you're following up with people. It could be strategizing about follow up. It could be setting up things to follow up in the future. It could be going through your list of potential opportunities, organizing your data. But 25 percent of your week should be focused on follow up. The last aspect is going to be 50% of your week should be focused on hunting for new business. And for those of you that follow my content closely, that probably doesn't surprise you, but I'm a big advocate of always hunting, never stopping, because the pipeline eventually will dry up if you stop. So if you focus too much time on opportunities or if you focus too much time on following up and you're not focused on hunting and bringing new opportunities into the pipeline, then before you know it, a week later, two weeks later, you come up for air because you've been so busy. 
and now you've got no new deals in the pipeline. So 50% of your week should be focused on hunting for new business. So that's 20 hours of your week. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean that you should be looking at your competitors to see who their customers are. You should be looking at your current customers to see who their competitors are. You need to be looking at your entire database, doing some Google searches, using places like Zoom Info, and most importantly, and especially for you guys in technical sales, using LinkedIn to build out lists and build out potential connection requests and campaigns is going to be the best spot for you to focus most of your attention. And so in the, the hunting phase, you need to understand it's not just literally you know, calling people, literally emailing people, literally messaging people. Anything that you're doing on a weekly basis, if 20 hours of your week is focused on the strategy and the execution of that strategy and engaging with people on LinkedIn and searching and building out new networks and connections, it's so easy and simple to be able to you know, spend the $79 a month for LinkedIn Sales Navigator. It will pay you back a million times if you actually use it. And spend some time, spend a few hours a week of building out new search criteria and new filters because when in sales navigator, you're not just searching for everybody in a specific target market. Cause that's a shotgun approach, right? You want to be a little bit more specific than that. So breaking it into industry size, industry, um, geographic area, job functions, are they in sales operations, purchasing, whatever it is, engineering, breaking it down to micro campaigns and micro groups, and then going after those people that with relevant information, instead of just saying like, Hey Joe, um, I sell this type of service or I do this type of machining or I do this type of integration. Um, let me know if you ever, if you ever have a need for it, that's somewhat general, but if you can specifically say, Hey, you're in the medical device industry, we work with a lot of the top five medical device people by providing solutions to them with our machining services, with our uh, software integration services, things like that. Um, if you're open to having a quick discussion, let me know. Those types of messages will be received much better. Now that's after you've already hopefully connected with them and sent them some valuable piece of content. And that's where the content marketing aspect and creating content and things like that comes into play because you don't want to just follow up with people and, and build new networks with people by saying like, hey, I want to connect with you. Will you buy from me? Right. So when you're hunting for new business, you need to have some sort of collateral at your disposal that you can use for the hunting side, but then you can also use on the follow up side. Then focus on content because you need to focus on the tools and the skills that are going to help you with your hunting and help you with taking people from the top of the funnel. You know, I'm just a person at a company to working them through your value proposition and getting them to actually pick up the phone when you call them or respond to your engagement. I mean, so, so if you're done with all that and you've gone through it, then focus on creating content. I have a lot of videos on YouTube about the content out there, what to create, how to create it, what should you do? Be sure to check those out. It's really what is separating, you know, everybody from like the top 5% of people are focused on creating the content. Everybody else is just reusing the same old stuff or just going directly after that, you know, after that hard sell and the direct sales aspect. And it's just not as beneficial as it was 10 years ago, even five years ago. Um, it just doesn't work. It's all about providing value first. So definitely make sure that that content section is in there. Once you've connected with people, you've built out a network. Now you have to engage with them. You cannot be the person that 
when, when somebody connects with you and they look at your activity, if you have no activity on your profile, they're going to be like, this person probably just used me to collect my name and email address. And they're going to try and sell me something. But if you show engagement on your activity, if they look at your profile, it's been optimized for anybody that needs to know how to optimize your, your LinkedIn profile, go to my YouTube channel. You can see all the videos that we've done on LinkedIn profile optimization before you start connection requests. It's all there to show you, but they're going to look at your profile, say, Hey, this is relevant. They offer this type of service. They do this type of thing. It's relevant to my industry because we use things like that. They connect with you. But if they look deeper in your profile and see you're not even active, you're not even posting anything, sharing anything, or all you're doing is posting and sharing things about yourself, but not actually engaging with people, it's going to hurt you from a, from a opportunity standpoint, but you have to focus I would say at least 30 minutes to 45 minutes a day, every single day, engaging with your network, whether it's liking somebody's post, commenting on somebody's post, going into groups, building out your groups, engaging with people, sending people messages saying, hey, I really liked your post. You have to put in the work. This is not an automation thing. You can't just sit back and run an algorithm, run an automation tool, and then just expect everything to come back. This has to be as much work that you're putting into it to get the results that you want out, you have to engage with your network because nobody likes somebody that's just going to sell to them without providing any sort of value. So 50% of your week focusing on hunting broken down into those main areas. And I promise you, if you follow this method and if you follow this schedule, you will see drastic results. So that's it for this episode, guys. If you got value out of this, definitely share it with people, spread the word, uh, send in your comments, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, connect with me on LinkedIn, follow us on all social platforms, and we will see you on the next one. Well, that's it for this episode. If you got value out of it, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with one person you know. And if you can leave me a review, because it really helps me out. If you want to check out my other content, go over to YouTube. I've got a channel over there, as well as find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook under my name, Kyle Mylan. I will see you on the next one.